Welcome to the Brampton Talks podcast. My name is Nikita Brown. I am the editor of Bramptonist. I have here with me today, Sushil Taylor and Jess Karn Sandu. Today we're talking Brampton's municipal election and Ryerson U's Brampton campus. Welcome to the podcast, guys. We are talking about Brampton's municipal election. It has been two days since Brampton elected Patrick Brown, former leader of the PCs, as our mayor. And it was an interesting race. Let's chat about this. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a wild time to be alive in Brampton. This is like... What is any of our lives Seriously, anymore? what are we even doing anymore? It's uh, we, we were watching CP24 as the results were coming in and... It was crazy to see that the only two races they were really following was Toronto, just because they have to, uh, because of geography, but then Brampton. And it, they seemed far more interested in what was going on in Brampton. I, I actually felt like we were a real city. <laughs> For once in our lives, they didn't just roll up when crime was happening. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who died in Brampton today? Like, that was not the segment. It was it was strictly politics and like civic and democratic engagement type topics, and that was actually kind of neat to see. That's a, a silver lining for those of you who are upset with Patrick Brown's victory. Yeah. Patrick Brown, you know, to say the least, he put us on the map. He did. Look, he's an interesting you know, guy. Right for some there. of the, maybe not the best reasons. I mean, yeah. I know like people, my friends from out of town were sending me condolence texts, you know, <laughs> the day that it happened. But um, we know that, what was it, about 35% of people came out to vote a little bit less than the last election. And frankly, I was a little bit surprised. I really thought that we would have higher engagement this time around. Yeah, I think it depends how far you zoom up into the sky and, and look at past uh, municipal elections. Yes, this one had about a 35% turnout. Yes, that is not good enough for a functioning, vibrant democracy. Get it democracy. together. I mean, Get it we, together. Should, we should also just compare it to other cities. So mm-hmm. neighboring cities and see what uh, what their voter turnout was before we can really rag for on sure. Brampton on this it's, uh, Yeah, it ha- we definitely have to look at the, the stats well, on that. The, the reality is, is municipal elections have low turnout across the country. Big city, small city, medium size, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. They all have relatively small turnout. Um, if you look at Brampton itself, the the hottest election we have ever had was four years ago when it was about getting rid of Susan Fennell. And a negative reaction or a negative push to do uh, into action is far more persuasive than a positive one sometimes. So that only had 36%, and that was when everyone was covering Brampton for months. For sure. And, you know, people are always ready to pull out their pitchforks at yes. the end of the day. So Everyone loves a good <laughs> good pitchfork rally. And the, the other thing to look at is if, if you look at municipal elections from... Uh, you know, two or three terms ago, like you used to see turnout of like 25%, right? So it's... It's gotten better. It's gotten better. I think you have to see it for what it is. Uh, Municipal elections have lower turnout. We still had about 35% of folks come out. Yes, provincially, we usually hit around 50, I think, and federally, we usually hit around 60, you know, which is also not amazing. You know, you want to get as high as you can. However, 35% turnout is enough to have a conclusive um, an idea of what and uh, what issues Brampton cares about and, and their opinions on who should have won. So the results are the results. The people of Brampton have spoke. I, for one, am not as doom and gloomed about this. I think what's are. really interesting about what happened here is that this is the cleanest break from the past that we've been given. Ever in our lives. So, I mean, yes. uh, you know, say what you will about Linda. You know, I think, you know, she was a fine mayor. 
But uh, at the end of the day, the mayor's office is the lightning rod for all the hate <laughs> that's directed at anybody that's in the city. That's usually how it goes, right? Around. And so I think there was a lot of you know malaise and in Brampton amongst Bramptonians over the status quo. They just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And so Patrick Brown winning is endemic of that. But let's also look at the other races, the council races that were Which where is- you know none like four of the old guard councilors are gone. Obviously, they retired, but. Um, yeah, there's a, it, it looks a whole lot more forward-looking and progressive now. That's really where the real action happened because for once in our lives, we have a progressive council. I'm super excited about the new faces we have on there. We have our first black woman ever to be on council, our first Filipino woman. We have two turban-wearing Sikhs on, on council this time around versus one. It is one of the youngest councils probably in all of Ontario. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the most diverse, dynamic, and youngest council by far in Brampton's history and Ontario's, right? It's, like, how often do you see a council that looks like this? Go look at Mississauga. Crazy. Go look at Toronto. And, go look at Vaughan. And None in, of them look like this. And in terms of the ideas they bring to the table, it's a whole lot more urbanist and, and transit-oriented. Yeah. And a whole lot... Like, like these are the folks that'll bring in uh, the sort of city building that we need for, like, a resilient Brampton. Well, it's like, look, you were looking at social media the the other day. The day of the election, obviously, Brampton was trending nationally. Uh, yesterday, uh, social media was very much active on this. Uh, and there was a lot of folks chastising Bramptonians for voting in Patrick Brown, which I don't think is fair. And I don't think... I think Patrick Brown is going to be very pragmatic as a mayor, right? Hey, those downtown Toronto lefties should realize that, you know, we have a more progressive council than them well, now. They do. <laughs> the thing is, is that you could chastise the Brampton voters all you want, but, you know, if you provide Bramptonians a inspiring campaign and a strong narrative, they will reward you. Patrick Brown ran a much better campaign. That's that really what it came to. full stop. That is all, like he won by 3%. That's a couple thousand votes. That is a campaign. That's why he won. He won a better campaign. He spoke to more people and he was more engaged on the ground and in the air. Now, you can chastise Brampton voters all you want for voting Patrick Brown and not voting for Linda Jeffrey. And there's a lot of fair arguments to ma- be made there on every side of that spectrum. This is These are the same Brampton voters who just elected the most progressive council. I'm going to say this again, most progressive council in Brampton's history. You literally have a majority progressive voting bloc on council. It is the most bizarre thing ever. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense, but I'm not going to complain because I'm really happy with how our council looks. And I, like you said, Patrick Brown seems pragmatic. I think he's going to go with the flow of council. You know, he's got a lot to learn about the community still. So I I think they they won't lead him astray. I think he's going to go with the flow of council and they're progressive people and they're going to make some really good decisions, I think. So I'm happy to see him do that. I've spent time with Patrick, right? And we were involved with PC politics for a while. And, um, you know, I may not have agreed with him on everything, but that goes with, you know, everyone that I know. I, I, I don't agree with everyone on everything anyways. But Patrick was always a guy who was willing to listen. That I can say that with full confidence, he is pragmatic. Uh, if you remember, he was pushing the PC Party of Ontario to a much more pragmatic and modern, progressive conservative party. Um, I think he is willing to listen to different people, to different ideas. There is no monopoly on a good idea, is what something he used to say. And now, sounds like a liberal. It, well, it kind of, and, the, <laughs> and that was a big complaint. It's true. That was a big complaint yeah. of uh, against Patrick amongst conservative circles. So. 
Yes. Is there some baggage and, and some things that he needs to kind of clear up and needs to work on? Uh, yes, for, yeah. for sure there is. I feel um, like I mean I feel like he would gain a lot from tackling that sort of baggage head on. Yes, and then getting rid of it immediately, rather than having it kind of hang over him during you know the next four years. Well, now, now the big question to see is like, will he be? humble in victory, right? Will he be someone who's going to reach out and build bridges? I, I think if the past is any indication, I think he will. However, what really excites me, especially, you know, I, I worked in the mayor's office for about a year and a half. I think very highly of Linda Jeffrey. I think very highly of the team there. I think they did a lot of great work. Um, however, you know, she never had the council. Now there's a council there and there's a really good council. We got rid of uh, from seven of the old guards. There is now only three left, right? Uh, even Michael Pileschi almost lost. He just he won by margin of like a thousand votes, which is wild because it was against a rookie candidate, Gertrude Baines. And the four councillors that retired, they were replaced by diverse, young, progressive candidates. Like yeah, despite this is their wild. best efforts to to place, you know, and endorse some of the candidates they wanted. Yeah, everything. Every single one of their endorsements lost. So yeah. it's. Uh, I think you can't chastise Brampton voters. I, they are Brampton voters are uh, if you if you're willing to provide them something that's inspiring they will engage with that they're willing to take chances at the ballot box they're willing to put people in um, that are new and fresh so it is what it is I think um, I think the fact that we have such a strong council uh, is what should be inspiring everyone right now I'm excited. I don't know about you guys, but it's going to be a good four years in Brampton, I think. I think so, I, I, especially if they work hard, they keep their, their ears to the ground, they remain engaged with the grassroots, they they are not afraid to take chances. Um, you have, for example, um, a council that I think is in, in the majority in favor of the HMLRT. So do they walk in in November, December when they get sworn in, shut down the studies on uh, routes that were already studied, examined, and told that are terrible, do they shut the studies on that and now bring back the HMLRT and save us time and money? I hope so. Well, I'm fairly confident. Well, it's $4.4 million we'd be saving. So Yeah, and we're really early in the studies. So it's not like it's difficult to cut it down. Like, yeah, sunk cost fallacy is a real thing. Uh, I think our council's smart enough to see past that. Yeah. Uh, secondly, Peel Regional Police has had a very rough four years in the last term of council, whether it's carding and the BJ Sandu discrimination case that they lost in human rights tribunal or uh, the failure of community policing from Peel Region. Uh, you know, those are all issues that can be tackled by much more progressive uh, regional council members that are going because our regional council is almost entirely progressive aside from Michael Pileschi, right? Uh, Paul Vasante, Gertrude um, Delon, Martin Medeiros, Pat Fertini, like these are all progressive guys. So, you know, we have a good cast of characters there that can look at some of this stuff from a new way. And I think that aligns more closely with the young. I think our average age was what, like 34 in Brampton, a 75 percent visible minority community. I think we're more reflected. That is more reflected in city council. So next up on our discussion board is the university, which is a big topic of conversation in Brampton as of last night when the Ford government announced that they would no longer be funding Brampton's Ryerson campus. They also announced that they would no longer be funding universities in Milton and Markham. Back in 2017, the province committed $90 million to building the, the um, campus in downtown Brampton, and Brampton Council also committed $150 million to an innovation center that would be built alongside it. So how are you guys feeling about this? There's a lot of devastation. 
Yeah, this one hits me pretty close. I, I spent a lot of time on this file when I was at uh, Mayor Jeffrey's office for the year and a half. And I was actually talking to Shiri Ram. He was the uh, director of policy at the time. And he was probably the biggest spearhead on kind of getting the university file moving and, and from the mayor's office while he was there. We both left around the same time. And it was like we were discussing uh, and mourning uh, the death of a family uh, member. It, it was pretty sad uh, to see this go where um, and get cut out uh, the way it has. Uh, you know, having said that, Doug Ford, when he announced that the, the deficit was double the size, you know, the writing was on the wall that they're going to go line by line and start finding things to cut. Now, people can argue that the timing is interesting. The day after municipal elections. The timing is very interesting. Yes. Is it coincidental <laughs> or not? It's very coincidental. I mean, we know that, uh, you know, Ford and Brown are not on the best terms. In fact, um, Ford canceled the regional council election, you know, for, for the only reason to spite Brown, right? He couldn't find a candidate that would run against him. And so he's, you know, you know, slashed that. And I feel that this this timing is suspect as a result, that he is trying to take it, take it out on Brampton or at least trying to spite Brown. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. I see. I would argue against that. I, I don't think it's in spite of Patrick. Um because if it, if it was, then he wouldn't have touched Markham or Milton. All right, well, okay, well, maybe Brampton and Milton make sense because they're both set up at the same time. But then why would he scrap Markham, which is far along in the process? They're shoveling the ground this year. So I think it was strictly a financial decision. They held off, though, in the hopes that Brown wouldn't win an election, um, I think. That's what my impression I got. I, I really felt like they were they were waiting to see kind of what would happen. Yes. But I think we can all agree that this is a would be a huge loss for Brampton. Like, folks. Oh, this is This huge. needs to happen. This was yeah. huge. And I, I don't think people uh, understand how big of a deal this was. No. I think there was a lot of empty rhetoric going around that there's some satellite Mickey Mouse no. campus. I, think I, I mean, was... that was even from our own mayor-elect, Patrick Brown. Yeah, and I, I think that's a very unfair rhetoric. Uh, and I saw this file from, from pretty much the beginning till the end until it was announced. This was not some rinky-dink satellite campus. It would have brought us uh, an innovation center, a brand new library, because we can't really, you know, uh, bring the current library to AODA uh, standards. So, well, and then the other like, thing too is that this was not just a campus for students to walk in and out of. This was a national center for cybersecurity. That's what they were building. Yep. They had major industry players waiting for this to get into the ground so they can come set up shop. I'm talking like we would have major been, industrial commercial We would have players. been the bulwark against Russian hackers. Think about that. No, yeah. And I'm talking, I'm talking not even like, uh, like again, I'm talking about major players. I'm really stressing this. Like multiple players. He knows players. things that um, we don't know. And, and uh, it's sad to kind of see the university fall by the wayside now the interesting thing hope. to there note there's interesting something interesting to note parm gill put a statement out earlier today because uh, he's the mpp from milton for the progressive conservatives which also lost a university uh and he used the terminology that this is a quote-unquote pause so now is this officially off the books and burned and shredded and never to be touched again you know, I think that's to be debated now if there is some truth in this word around the pause and that there's something that will be reapproached later. Um, and just for now, while they're fixing the books, they're just going to put a pause on it. Now, there's some solutions, though, that are coming down the pipeline from our councillor Lex. Yeah. So part of the statement was that they were open to business cases to see the, the, the campuses through 
without the funding is what the, the province said in their statement. Um, thank goodness for our amazing smart new council. They're not even, I don't even think they're on the payroll yet. It was like less than 24 hours. Yeah, when, I think they get sworn in uh, December. Yeah, so they're already doing overtime work and they're not even, you know, sworn in yet. But Paul Vicente and Rowena Santos, the counselors in 1-5, where the university would go, um, have stepped up to the plate with a pretty decent solution that could actually work to keep the campus for now. So they're suggesting that we spend the $150 million that was earmarked for the Innovation Center and use that for the university to keep Ryerson here. Now, without a university, there's no innovation center. So yeah. to me, it seems like a pretty decent idea. Yeah, I think it's a fair idea. I mean, we can maybe get interesting uh, and creative solutions. And I think that's a benefit of having a younger dynamic council, that they're willing to take risks, they're willing to try new ideas. This is what they got elected for. My hope is that there's a solution found, that Ryerson University still goes ahead, it still happens. Uh, a lot of the hard work is done. It's just about kind of pushing the ball forward. Hopefully they find a solution. Um, and, you know, I'm pretty positive that our, our MPPs in Brampton have been getting slammed by phone calls. I'm sure they have. Um, and uh, so it will be interesting to see what kind of solutions are found here. It's promising language that came out of Parm Gill earlier this morning about it being a pause. Hopefully that that is actually sincere and it's just a pause while they re-examine some things. I think City Council can get creative. It's a ninety million dollar gap. We can we can essentially fund the the center for innovation, or at least try to gun for private sponsorship to get that done. Yes, because that's been done before with, for yes. example, Mars Development District. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the one hundred fifty million, it's easy to take the ninety to to commit to the university. So a little bit left over for the innovation center. And if we're looking at big names to come and be part of the cybersecurity campus, I don't see why that we wouldn't be able to attract some private investment to make it happen. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think the the promising thing is is that right still at the table they're still talking to Brampton that's what's important and you know I'm so happy we have counselors who are willing to just jump in um now we did ask for a comment from uh, uh mayor-elect Brown's camp to see sort of where they sat with all of this um they were included in the email chain that went to Ryerson with the, the proposal and we haven't heard back yet so we don't know where he sits we know that his comment yesterday was that you know and the same thing he said all along is that Brampton Brampton's getting a satellite campus and the province really should commit more. Um, so I don't really know whether he'll be the champion of this or not. But I think it's clear that uh, the councillor elects from wards one and five have kind of taken the lead on this issue, uh, which makes sense, too, because it is in their wards. So I think there's a little more incentive for them to take this as a priority. Um, the ball's in the air now. Uh, we'll see what the province does with it and we'll see what uh, Ryerson and the city does next. I am cautiously optimistic that a solution will be found. I am too. And I hope that despite Doug Ford and Patrick Brown's relationship, that they'll be forthcoming and helpful in trying to make this happen. Um, I hope there are no vendettas that get in the way of this. But at the end of the day, I think it, it I, I'm, ca- I'm optimistic as well that it and can look, happen. And maybe there's some help from our federal counterparts, right? The MPs, we have they five liberal MPs plate, here. Yep. And I, I know that, they're very interested and they're very fond of this project. They want to see successes in the city as well, uh, both politically and personally, because they're all residents of Brampton too. So hopefully uh, they all come together, they put their heads together and they think this through because having that university fall through our fingers and Brampton doing what Brampton does best, snatching uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. Hopefully this is the... This, it's this like will the LRT be, all over again. Yes, hopefully yeah. we see a solution here. 
But you know, like Brampton, I've always likened it to the kid, you know, who cries over their cupcake because it has less sprinkles than the other kids. That's, I hope that this, the negative conversation around this university stops because I feel like we kicked ourselves in the pants a little bit by complaining about it. And now it's like, oh crap, it might not actually happen. uh, Unbeknownst to the listeners, we had a private conversation like a week ago. We really did. And we talked about, well, maybe, you know, it might not be far-fetched that if Ryerson's funding gets pulled. And that was just a very casual conversation. So very prophetic of us. I think. Literally, I think yeah. we, you know, might have some psychic powers going on here <laughs> because a lot of the things we said have happened. You know, we we talked weeks ago about so many of these things that are coming to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the mayoral results. Really? Yes. Yeah, we talked about this too. We did talk. There is one thing we've been talking. And that is all for today. Thanks for listening in to the Brampton Talks podcast. For more details about any of the stories or topics we discussed this week, check out Brantonist.com.